Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Have you ever found yourself getting so involved in something that you start to get tunnel vision? You get so focused on the task at hand that you forget why you're doing it in the first place. If you've never experienced it, then give it time, you will. But for those that relate to this, you will understand exactly what Pastor Jim is talking about today. And for those of you who don't, consider yourselves fortunate that you get to learn about it before it even happens to you. The work is important, but it's all for nothing without a purpose. Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of Revelations chapter three as he begins his message. It's time to wake up. It's no mystery that we live in very confusing times, don't we? And many people are filled with a lot of anxiety over the future. As a result of this, many Christians think this might be, and they are praying for a time of revival in our country. Others would say, well, no, you know, Christianity or faith seems to be on the decline. Less people are attending church, and, and much of our culture is against the faith. And all I will tell you is God can work with that. He has before, and he will again. He can do something with that. Yet, I'm going to just be honest with you. When I hear people talk about revival and spiritual awakening, this is the question I ask myself. Not is the culture ready for it, but is the American church ready for it? I mean, what would happen if all of a sudden every church in America that was a Bible-believing church just doubled in size tomorrow with a bunch of people that said, I want to know about Jesus? Would we be ready for something like that to happen? Today, we come to the fifth church that Jesus speaks to in the book of Revelation. These churches all in the area of Turkey. And we've already seen in a lot of the churches, lots of different compromise that the Lord was not really appreciative of in, in some of these other churches of the first four we've spoken about. Churches that allow the world and its values to creep into their church. Today we come to the church of Sardis. Sardis, I think if I were to use one word to describe them, is this church, and it's probably the largest of all the churches that we are going to encounter just based upon where it was and the wealth of the city. This church I would describe as complacent, complacent. Maybe you've come across this with one of your friends. You tell your friend something and what do they say to you? I'm good. You ever have anybody tell you that? I'm good. So the church at Sardis would tell Jesus, we're good. We got it. We're good. And Jesus is going to contest that. See, they're not progressing in their faith. And Jesus is telling us, I think, that complacency is a lot more dangerous than we think. It's not a great place to be. It's deadly, and as we will see, the church in Sardis doesn't know that they are, in the words of Jesus, they are dead. They are dead. They're at peace with the world, it seems, but they're not at peace with God, and we would hope that there's only a few churches like this, but sadly, there are many. Sardis was one of the most beautiful cities of its day. It was a rich city. It was strong militarily. It was built on the top of a hill, so it was difficult to conquer. Uh, let's put it this way. Sardis was the place to be. It was the place to be. The church, 
looked pretty good. It looked pretty good to the people who lived in the city and, and the people in the church, but not to Jesus. Jesus has a very different view of how this church looks. Everybody else thinks it's great. It's happening. It's the place to be. Jesus' message is very simple to them, and it's the title of our message today. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. And as we go through this, I think the, one of the best things you could do right now is it's okay to pray during a, a message is just to whisper a little prayer to Jesus and ask Jesus to show you yourself. To say to the Lord, Lord, where, where am I in all of this? Am I dead? Am I dying? Or am I alive? Also, what about our church? And how do I fit in, you fit in, how do we all personally fit into the life of our church? Point number one is the Christ. The Christ, where's the name of Christ or names of Christ or description of Christ. And the first half of Revelation 3.1, we get two descriptions of Jesus. It says, and to the angel of the church in Sardis, right, Jesus talking, these things says he, that would be Jesus, who has, and we're going to see two things that he has. He has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Let's stop right there. Now, some of you are going, hmm, what in the world is he talking about? You didn't understand that? It was very clear, wasn't it? Well, there's a study in chapter two and three. Had we done chapter one, we would have already come across this. So turn back to chapter one, and let's look at verses four through six. And this is what we call a Trinitarian greeting, a Trinitarian greeting. Verse four, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace to him who is and who was and who is to come, presumably talking about God the Father. And from the seven spirits, who are before his throne. Now you're like, seven spirits? I thought there was one Holy Spirit. What's up with that? Well, again, this is language from the Old Testament. Remember, we've been saying that the book of Revelation assumes that you, and much of the New Testament does too, that you know the Old Testament. So if you're taking notes, write down Isaiah 11 and Zechariah 4. And you can read those on your own time. Verse 5, so that would be the Holy Spirit he's talking about there. So we have God the Father, Holy Spirit, verse 5, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So Jesus says this. Jesus says that he has, first, the seven spirits of God. Again, we said that is something that refers to the Holy Spirit. So what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, I am empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now, when you watch his, read the Gospels, his earthly ministry, he was clearly empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the seven spirits are the divine qualities of the Savior given to Jesus from the Holy Spirit. Things like, wisdom and, and understanding and, and might. There's a, there's, you can, re, again, read about them on your own time. And it's important to know that it is the, the Savior, Jesus Christ, who gives the Holy Spirit to us. Now, why is this important? Why does this matter to the church at Sardis? Because they are a dead church, as we will see. The church in Sardis is dead, 
and it needs the life-giving Holy Spirit. Why? Because this church, it's dead. And if it's dead, it needs to be what? Risen from the dead. That describes the situation for a lot of churches. And in such churches, many of the people in them. But Jesus wants us to know it's not too late. That's why he's trying to encourage these people. He's going to tell them, you're dead, but it's not too late. Now, it's easy for us, it's very easy for us, it's very easy for a church not to be aware of our spiritual condition. A lot of people just say stuff like this. Well, I go to church, that's all God wants. I go to church, that's all God wants. Okay, now if anybody ever says that to you, let me give you the answer. You might want to write this down. Okay, what Bible are you not reading? Because I'll give you a version that will change it. You say, which version? Any one of them. (laughs) Okay, that's not it. There's a lot more to it than that. We want to grow closer to Jesus. We want to learn about Jesus. We want to live out the word of God. Next, we come to the seven stars. In chapter 1, that referred to the seven angels of the seven churches, and Jesus says that he has them too. In other words, Jesus has authority over the seven angels that's watching over these seven churches, and he has authority over these seven churches. Now, if you are a follower of Jesus, first off, if you're not, if you're here with us or somewhere else in the building, man, welcome. Glad. Please come up and say hi. People like people would never come up to you and say they're not followers of Jesus after service. Happens quite regularly. Happens quite regularly. In fact, happens a lot in the summer on Wednesday nights. Free food, people come, right? <laughs> right? And they're like, oh, I guess I'll go in. And they're like, one guy said to me, he goes, that was kind of funny tonight, man. That was cool. Thanks. See you next week. I said, how about Sunday? He goes, no, I, have, I can't do that. <laughs> so anyway, so if you're not a follower of Jesus, you're welcome online, listening on the radio. We're glad you're with us. But if you're a follower of Jesus, understand this. You were bought with a price. Jesus has authority over you. Now, this description reminds the people in Sardis that Jesus can revive them, that Jesus can revive their church. And here is the question Are you ready? Were they willing? Are you willing? Am I willing? Is our church willing? Are we all willing to be revived by Jesus? So that was number one, the Christ, two things that he had there. Number two, we come to the commendation, the commendation. For those of you taking notes, get ready. Ready? The commendation, none. (laughs) Not none like, you know, N-U-N, the kind I had in school, two of my aunts were N-U-Ns, right? No, none, none. Now, remember, all of the other churches got this letter, So four of them have already heard that he had something kind of to say about them. And here he comes to this fifth church, the happening church, the cool church, the one that was really, you know, people were talking about, no doubt. And so here we have church number five. They've already heard the first four. And Jesus tells them, he told some of the others they were not doing very well. But here he has absolutely no commendation. He confirms that they are not doing well. At least some of the other churches, again, there was something that was okay. You, you want to be like Jesus a little bit? And there'll be a little bit in verse 4. 
but not really anything good to say. Now, just imagine you're sitting in the congregation and the pastor's reading this letter to you. Now, you've heard from the, about the first four, and you're thinking, yeah, well, those churches don't have it together like we do. Can't wait till he gets to our church. And they're like, come on, Jesus, where's the commendation? And you're like, come on, we got all kinds of stuff going on, and he's got nothing to say to them at all. That's how bad things are in Sardis. Now, Smyrna was only good. Sardis, again, has a little bit that's good, but Jesus has nothing positive to say about them. Now, what would happen in a church in America? Well, they would cite all different kinds of stuff. They would cite their programs. We have programs. I was interviewed many years ago by the biggest AM Christian station around, and so they interviewed me, and the first question the pastor said to me was, so you're starting your church. What kind of programs do you want to have? I said, well, we just want to teach people the Bible, and we want to let church kind of happen organically. We want to see people going out, living their faith, and making a difference in this world. And he's like, what do you call that program? And I'm like, a church? I don't know. <laughs> so then a number of years later, I'm driving down the highway listening to that station, and it's going in and out because I'm driving further away. And all of a sudden, I hear this interview going. I turn it off, and then I turn it on to see if it comes in. And I hear this interview going on, and I'm like, wow, this sounds really familiar to me. And then I realize it's me <laughs> being interviewed, that they're playing this old interview. I'm like, they really must be desperate now for content. And they're always still calling me to come back on the air, but I'm just like, nah, we want to build our own stations. But that's what they all they wanted to know about. What are the, what are the programs that you have at the church? What do you have for people? What do you have to offer people? I'm like, we offer them Jesus. Well, no, 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 no. We want, want other stuff. All, so they, the churches in America, they cite the programs, the number of people that come to the church, or the good deeds that they're doing in the community or something like that. But the problem with complacency is simply this. What is complacency? It's being self-satisfied. So we're kind of doing our thing, we do what we want, we get the people to come in the door. In church, we call them nickels and noses. That's what people call them. There's a lot of people, you know, their noses are at church and their nickels are going in the offering, even though some of, do some of you even know what a nickel is? Just curious. Some of the young people are like, what's a nickel, mom? I don't know what you're talking about, right? But all kinds of activity, but not a lot of Jesus. All kinds of stuff going on, but not a focus on the word of God and the kingdom of God. So anyway, that was no condemnation. Now we come to the complaint. So if he's no condemnation, you think he's got a complaint? Yeah, he's got one. Well, let's look at the second half of verse one. I'm gonna read it twice. I know your works, that you have a name and that you are alive, but you are dead. All right, let's go slowly. I know your works. I know, Jesus says, there's a lot of activity at your church. I know there's a lot going on. I know it's busy central. It's like Grand Central Station, all kinds of stuff going on at your church. He says, I know that you have a name. And what is he saying there? I know that you have a reputation. And what is the name or what is the reputation? He tells us that you are alive. People think you are a really good church. People think you're a really good church, that there's a lot of life there. 
Now they must be thinking, oh, well, this must be the uh, commendation. Now Now we're doing good. Now Now you're talking, Jesus. And then Jesus lowers the boom, but you are dead. Ouch. (laughs) Right? That's like a professional wrestler putting a guy up and then just slamming him down or something like that. But you are dead. Now, this is really interesting. How interesting the church's reputation in the area was really good. The church's reputation on the internet. Now, some of you are like, well, they didn't have the internet back then, Pastor Jim. They didn't? Really? How'd they live? Right? Okay, so that on the internet was really good. No doubt they would say, oh, our pastor, he writes books, he speaks at conferences. And so it's really happening. But really, your reputation in the area, your reputation on the internet here may be the exact opposite of what Jesus said. Seems that they had a high opinion of themselves, and others did too. And Jesus kind of says to them, I'll listen, I know you think well of yourself. I know a lot of people think well of you. I know there's a lot of activity at your church. But I got to tell you something. It's not the way I see it. It's not the way I see it. You can imagine some of them saying, okay, Jesus, you want to give us your opinion? Yes, I will. You're dead. You're dead. How'd you like it if Jesus came to our church this morning and just like, oh, you're here, Jesus. Come on up. Jesus walks up. Good morning, Calvary Chapel, Mars Hills. How are you? How are you doing today? Good? No, you're dead. (laughs) Don't lie to me. You're dead. In the Bible, the church is the people. You know, a lot of people say the church, I go to church, like they think the church is the building. That's not. In the Bible, the church is the people, and Jesus is telling those people that they are dead. Why? Why? Because Jesus is not interested in any kind of half-hearted attempt to worship and serve him. It just doesn't interest him. He's not into the church growth gimmicks, right? Now all across America, it's already happened. I got a few emails. You know, all the pastors are, are now teaching about God and in in all these new movies that are coming out in the summer. Why? Because they bought them online. It's a great way to take August off, right? You don't have to fight your way through the sermons. Now, this week, I didn't have to fight through it. Last week was brutal. I was like, what in the world is this, God? This week, it's so direct and so straightforward. Some of you are like, I'm already liking last week better. But, you know, it, he does not into these growth Uh, gimmicks. It looks like Jesus is saying, you look alive to people who don't understand what a live church looks like. One of my friends came here last summer and he was like, man, there's so much life in your church. There's so much love in your church. It was really wonderful, Jim, to be at there. And they had been touring a whole bunch of churches. And so he's like, you look alive, but there's no spirit life. You have a lot of claims, a lot of stuff that you're doing, but they're empty claims because at the end of the day, there's little to no commitment to me, Jesus is saying. There's no real transformation among the people. They're really not changing. Essentially, Jesus is saying this to these people, and this is not an easy thing for them to hear. You are a Christian in name only. You have faith only when it's convenient for you. You say, but they have such a great reputation. But they have such a great reputation. People in the community love them. 
that people loved going to church. They had a great reputation. You know, I knew a guy, I know a guy still, that had a terrible reputation at the end of his ministry. Some of you know him too. His name is Jesus of Nazareth. Terrible reputation. How bad could it be? They crucified him. They crucified him. And of course, how many people have a great reputation? And then we hear later on, either later on when they're still alive, that's really grace, or after they die, that it was all completely a lie, that it wasn't true at all. In the United States, big is successful. I feel so bad. We said it a couple of weeks ago. I don't know whether it was a Wednesday or a Sunday night. The, the average church in America is 65 people. If you have more than 65, that you're in the top 10% of churches in the United States of America. Some of you are like, that doesn't seem right. Go down south. Every third building is a church. Every third building is a church. So there we are. We're in the top 10%. How do you feel? We're 10 percenters. Okay? But it doesn't matter. In America, a lot of times when big is better, you, your church ends up a mile wide and an inch deep. I'm going to be honest with you. I told this to the people after COVID happened and a lot of people had moved out of state. I said, I'm just going to preach. We're going to preach hard. We're going to pray that God fills our church again, which he's done and continues to do. But I would much rather us be an inch wide and a mile deep. I want God's people to be deep. Why? Because when the trials and tribulations of life come, you'll be able to deal with them. Instead of falling away, like so many people do, from inch deep church. Oh, it's very entertaining. It's very easy. You never feel bad about yourself. You know, well, that was these people. I'm glad you're not like that, right? No, come on. There's shades of all of this in us, and Jesus wants us to see that. Anything less than big in America is a failure, but it's not. I feel so sorry for pastors that, that are preaching their heart out. I met these guys one time, at a, they were my roommates at a pastor's conference, and one guy pastored a church of 150 people in a town of 300 people. That's a mega church. Could you imagine having 50% of your city, of your town coming to your church? I mean, what would that be? What would that be, you know, in some of our bigger cities? Oh, he's got a church of 5 million people. <laughs> right. I mean, it just the guy was not a failure, yet he felt like one. See, the problem is if there's too many programs and activities, right, that have taken our eyes off Jesus, what is Jesus saying? You can become a cemetery of faith. You can become dead. Perhaps this was once a healthy church, but they got complacent. They lost their vibrant faith. They lost the gospel. What happened? What can happen to any of us? They stopped paying attention, and they fell asleep. And then what happened? Too little word of God in them, too little Holy Spirit in them, and too much of the world in them. Remember, the world always creeps in. Now, be careful, those of you who are new, be careful of 
Now, we have to have the Holy Spirit in a church. We'll talk about that in a second. But be careful of people who talk about too much Holy Spirit talk. You'll find that most of them, their lives really don't match up with their, what they say. Okay? So when some people say stuff like this to you, ah, you got to come to our church, man. The Holy Spirit's dripping off the oil. The Holy Spirit's dripping off the wall. You're like, somebody should clean the wall. <laughs> I mean, they just, uh, again, we want the Holy Spirit, okay? But Jesus says to them, these people, you're dead. Don't tell me about what's dripping off the wall. Tell me about how the people love Jesus. Tell me about how the people love one another. Tell me how the people are living for Jesus. Tell me about how the people are serving Jesus, all in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what I want to hear about. Jesus is telling these people, you can say whatever you want, there's no Holy Spirit here, because if there was Holy Spirit here, you'd be alive. Without the Holy Spirit, a church is dead. Thank you for spending the last half hour with Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to help you deepen your relationship with Christ no matter where you are in your journey. Teaming with Changed by Love financially makes it possible to reach thousands, many more than you and I could reach on our own. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Please consider a generous gift today. Give safely and securely online at changedbyloveradio.org. You'll find our address there too if you'd rather send a check. You can always reach us by phone at 862-217-9686. It takes a team to encourage thousands. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney. changedbyloveradio.org.